Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. It's uh, glad to have you. We're glad to have you along. We've been talking about all the things that you can do indoors because we can't do much outdoors right now. And we've been talking about uh, different house plants. So if you missed the plan of the week at eight o'clock, you can go and check out check out the article that we put on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. I don't know if people know this, but you can actually hear this show on podcast. So a little while after we're on the air, all of the episodes are actually uh, put into podcast form. And you can find that on kslnewsradio.com as well. If you're kind of busy on Saturday morning, you, you love the show, you miss the show, you can actually check it out there as well. This hour, we want to start out and talk about planting seeds indoors. And the first thing I'm, I want to say, Ton, is that timing is everything on these. <laughs> it is. The planting seeds indoors isn't necessarily complicated, but you do need to follow a set of instructions or steps to really be successful. The, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong, but they usually don't if you just use common sense and, you know, and sometimes you need a little bit of experience. And so, you know, before I even jump to seeds, I always recommend people find out how to keep their plants alive. And if you're indoors, then, you know, you're going to need some sort of a tray with potting soil in it and then probably a light source over the top of the tray so that you can get enough light. And people say, well, I'll put it next to a window but you still Not probably <laughs> won't get enough in there. So what I like to do is get a light bench or a light system. And it can be just an inexpensive wooden frame or PVC frame with some shop bulbs hanging over the top. Those shop lights you can get for $15 for the amount plus the lights themselves. And I'll put that light on chain so that I can move them up and down according to the height of the plants. And so I put that next to a west or south or even east window so that I can get supplemental sunlight in there. 
And then with the fluorescent bulb over the top, they seem to do quite well. But the other key is moving that light. It has to stay about six inches yes, above the plants. that is the trick, is six inches above the plants. And so once you have that worked out, the next step is figuring out what you want to grow and how much. Because it's pretty easy to get into trouble growing too much of things that you know, they're like, oh, these are little puppy, puppies. I don't want to throw <laughs> them away. And so what I recommend doing is growing things and maybe growing 25% more than you think you'll need in case you have any seed failures. Okay. Um, and again, timing is everything on these. I mean, if you want to plant flowers, I, I love the article that we've put up right now on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page that you can check out after we're done here. Um, if you look at it, it gives you dates for all sorts of different seeds that you might want to start indoors. And, and I say timing is crucial, Ton, because if you start tomato seeds, you want to make sure that you have the timing right to put them outside. Otherwise, really they're going to get gangly and you're going to lose the plant. You will. And if you're growing other things also, and so they've divided these lists out by approximate dates. And this is for Missouri, and it's pretty close to our planting dates, maybe a week behind us. Mm -hmm. But it's close enough that you're not going to get into trouble. But if let's say you're starting petunias, those need to be started now. But if you're starting marigolds, then you would start those in late March. And so that timing is critical because of the growth rates of plants are just so different. You have to have the right place to put these as well. Um, it's messy. Yes. Let me, like, this is a great way to destroy a tabletop or it is. you really have to plan for that. So what I have done, and there's different things you can do, is I went and purchased an inexpensive four by four lifetime table because it has a plastic top. I'm not ah. going to ruin it. And then underneath the table, because I'm on carpet, I have put one of those sheets that you put under office chairs, those mats mm -hmm. that stick down into the carpet. And so if anything spills, it falls on top of that plastic mat. That is so smart. So I've got those two. And then the trays, I will make sure that my pony packs have drainage in them, but you can purchase trays that are also, they have no drainage holes in the bottom. And as long as you don't overwater then they're okay. And so I have the tray itself that won't let water out. I have the plastic tabletop, and then I have the mat underneath the table that's plastic. And so far, I've been successful, and I haven't ruined any carpet. Is it better to always plant the plants individually in a pony pack rather than planting them kind of a mass planting in a tray? I prefer to plant them into a pony pack because if you have some experience most of the vegetables that you're going to be seeding, like tomatoes or peppers or even the flower seeds, you'll have a 90 or 95% success rate. And so what I'll do is watch what comes up. And as soon as they germinate, you know, I'll give them a week or so. And anything that hasn't germinated, I'll throw another seed in that spot ah. to do it. But there are a few different things you can do. You can spread the seeds out and then separate them. So you just put them in a tray without any 
cells or anything, and then you just dig those in eventually. And you can use a stiff, uh, like a popsicle stick to help move them out. You don't want to break up the roots. The other thing that if you really are into it and have the correct equipment, which would almost involve something like called a mist bench, but you can buy what are called plug trays to where each little cell will hold you know, maybe uh, two tablespoons spoons worth of soil in a long column, and you put the seeds into those, and then the bottoms are hollow, and you punch a pencil up through and pull the plugs out and then put those into your pony packs mm-hmm. so that you have 100% success. But if you don't have the right equipment, these little plug trays dry out so quickly that it's not worth doing for a beginning hobbyist because you need to have domes over them and you may need to sneak in there a couple times a day with a mist, like a, like it's a bottle you would spray your ironing, the laundry you iron with just mist over around sides. So they're a lot of work if you don't have the right equipment. Yeah. Let's dig in a little bit more to the watering. Okay. So when you first plant the seeds, it's different than after the plants start to germinate. It absolutely is. That soil needs to stay moist, but you don't want Not to drown. Soggy. Things. Yes. Yes. And so what I like to do, is I'll use a seed mix, and the seed mixes are the soil is fine. It's been ground up so that it's a little finer, so it's easier to get seeds into, and it doesn't have a lot of big chunks. I will put that into my pony packs or into my seed tray, and then just drop the seeds on top. And if they're tomatoes or really small, then I just use my hands and put a little bit of potting soil in my hands and just kind of drizzle that over the top so I get about a quarter of an inch of soil. My soil is previously wetted down and it had been allowed to drain. And then I just use a mist bottle to spray that quarter inch I put over the tops of my seeds. And after that, you I always have plastic domes and they look like almost a seed tray that is clear plastic that you put on top. And then what you'll do with that is leave it intact and then look at those seeds morning and night. And sometimes you'll see around the edges, they'll start to dry out. And that's when you get your spray bottle and you just spray around the edges and maybe in the middle very gently to keep that soil moist until you start to see it germinate. When you start to see the little plants popping up, take the dome off and gradually let that soil dry out so that you don't kill your plants with fungal diseases because the soil is so wet. All right. And we did a video a couple of years ago, and people want to find that video and see exactly how you've done it before. They can actually go to the our YouTube channel because it's easiest to find there. You can find it on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page under videos as well, but it might be easier on YouTube under KSL Greenhouse. Yes, that is all there. This is something that we could spend an entire show on and still not go over everything. Cover everything, right. And so the videos are important and just experience. Sheridan's coming in at 10 o'clock, Sheridan Hansen, and she can talk a little bit more about what she does. But in a nutshell, that's what you need to do to get started. And you want to stay tuned for that because Sheridan is great. She plants all sorts of unusual things you wouldn't think of planting. If you are tired of the same vegetables in your garden, you're going to want to listen because Sheridan always has some great ideas for unique things, still delicious, that you wouldn't think you could grow. 
And I want to say this, uh, the article that we have put up on the KSL Green, I should say Michelle has put up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page about starting plants indoors. This has a great calendar, this article, this link, um, tells you exactly when to plant all sorts of different flowers and vegetables. So you want to check that out as well. We're going to take a break. Number to call and the phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tan Bettis with you this morning. We're taking your calls and the phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can also text your questions 57500. Next texter, Tan says, can rose bushes get so old that they just need to be replaced? Yes, I think anything can. Uh, they can get tired. One thing you might be able to do if you still have some healthy stems is if it has some sentimental value is try to root out some of those branches and then, you know, let it, you'll, it would be a year or so before you transplant it back outside, but you might be able to do that. But as a rose gets a lot of roses, especially shrub roses can live 50 to a hundred years. And so, but as a rose in a landscape situation, especially in cities and things, gets 40 or 50 years old, they can get tired and start to succumb to diseases and things and it will cause them to decline. Yeah, I have some that are old, over 30 years old for sure. That's when we put our yard in. So they live a long time. They do. If you take care of them, prune them properly. Uh, Next listener says they started growing blackberries this year and they did well. They read to cut all the canes that produce this year and leave the new ones. Is that correct? That is correct. And so most raspberries are only going to bear on one-year-old canes. And so this year's growth is next year's berries. And so because those old branches in there are not going to give you any berry production. You cut those back, let the new ones take over. And USU has some pruning fact sheets and videos Mm -hmm. on blackberries, I believe, that they can look at. But that also keeps the blackberry a lot more compact. And so when you see people with a blackberry plant, it's 30 feet wide. It hasn't been pruned, and it only produces on relatively new growth. And so it gets out of hand. And so professional growers and you know, hobbyists that really are out in their gardens all the time will cut back that two-year-old, those two-year-old canes and only leave the one-year-old canes behind. Now, their confusion was that their vines are still green, covered with bright green leaves, and uh, they never turned brown or fell off the canes. And is that normal? And 
Blackberries want to be semi-evergreen, and if we don't get below zero, they oftentimes hold a number of their leaves through the winter. And so it is true, and as long as they have a good number of one-year-old canes, then they can cut the old ones back, and they would wait until mid-March. Okay. Uh, Next listener says they've been growing herbs indoors, and they get a lot of fruit flies. How can they prevent getting fruit flies on their indoor herbs? If they're getting the flies, they're probably fungus gnats, and it's an indication that the plants are continuously being overwatered. Now, it may not kill them, but the soil is wet enough that it really encourages those. And so they need to probably go longer between irrigations on their established plants and let them. They don't need to get that soil bone dry, but they need to let it get relatively dry before they irrigate the plants again. When they do that, the number of eggs that survive will go down If it's really bad, they can try putting a little bit of sand, like a quarter to a third of an inch of sand, on top of the soil because that will dry out between irrigations. Mm -hmm. Some people say that works. You can get some organic products that you can do soil drenches that may help. But ultimately, it's dialing back that irrigation. All right. Brent is on the line in Salem. Good morning, Brent. What is your question? Yes, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I live in Salem, and we have a wonderful vineyard, uh, but my green seedless grapes last year got, my raisin grapes, they got a, uh, a little gnat, and there were thousands of them, and they, I didn't think they were really affecting the plant. They came in the spring, but I noticed that my yield was really down. What can we treat with those, and when do we treat them? Do you know what I'm talking about? Probably. Uh, I would look up grape leaf hopper. Uh, USU has some fact sheets out on that one, and I'll bet you that you had grape leaf hopper in there, which acts like a gnat. You brush past the plants, and they fly all over and then swarm back in. And so look up grape leaf hopper. There are a number of sprays out there uh, on the reduced risk end. I think spinosad, like Captain Jack's Dead Bud Brew, may be labeled, but there are a number of them out there that you can use. And for a year or two, they'll be more of a nuisance, but they can eventually deplete your grapes of stored energy in the roots and start to kill them. And so you may want to get after it. But check out Yoshi's fact sheets, and it'll give you some options. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, Next listener wants to know, let's see, they have about a half acre of goat head weeds in their backyard. They want to know what what you would suggest, what's the best way to get rid of them? Cement. (laughs) Just pour cement over that half acre and start a basketball company where you you do tournaments. Cement's actually very expensive, Todd. It is. (laughs) Well, plan B would be, you know, the seeds are there, and if it's left fallow, it's going to be extremely difficult to get rid of them because the seeds, a lot of them are done after three or four years, but mm-hmm. there's a certain percentage that can survive over 50 years in the soil. So they are going to, if it's just going to stay fallow, they're going to need to do something. Now, you need to be super careful with this, and there, there is a lot of dry leaf litter, plant material in there that can go up in flames. You don't use this method, but if it's mostly bare ground, as those start to germinate, you can use a weed torch to burn the new plants, and they'll start to germinate in mid or late May to mid-June is when you start seeing them. So they could use a weed torch. They could go out 
at hoeing is not going to be really an option because it is a very large space. But some other things they could try is putting down two to three three inches of mulch over the top, so bark mulch. If you know, sometimes they can sign up for chip drop and put like a forty dollar donation in, and you can get those. But the I don't really like that because it breaks down. And you have to keep reapplying it. And so the longer term solution is to grow something in the area such as turf grass so that it outcompetes the puncture vine. So there's not any good solutions. I've heard of people putting carpet on a roller, putting rolling pumpkins around and trying to mm-hmm. reduce the seeds in there. They might be able to do something like that, but it's just really difficult with an area that big unless you're going to grow something everywhere to choke it out without the use of herbicides. The other thing they could do is just go out once a month with something like glyphosate. But, you know, you don't want to do that too often, but that would be the other solution. Okay. Next listener says they're wondering if flowering pears and Canadian red choke cherries are considered shade trees. Yes, they're. I mean, they're considered. They are considered ornamental trees, but they will give you some shade, especially the Canada red choke cherry, where it has a more rounded canopy. The pears are so narrow that they will give you some shade, but it's not going to be as useful as, say, Canada red choke cherry. And then they're also wondering if they can trim those trees now. Uh, they're only about two and a half to three years old. They can, but they've got to ask themselves why and then maybe watch some videos on how to do it. You know, it's one of those things that we just feel like we need to. And oftentimes we can do more damage than good if we don't know what we're doing. They don't want to take more than about 25% of the canopies out of the trees. And when they do, make sure that they watch some pruning videos so that they can make proper cuts. All right. We need to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can text us 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.